Hello? Cheryl? Oh, hi, yeah, this is Principal Bowen. I wanted to ask you about the Zoom PTA fundraiser. <laughs> oh, yeah, everything's over Zoom these days. Uh, so yeah, Saturday, Saturday's good. All right, cool. Um, tell Bill I said hi. I'll uh, see him on the back nine. <laughs> All right, talk to you later, Cheryl. Bye-bye. What are you kids doing in my office? I'm the Principal Bowen. And I just had an important call and you two troublemakers are in my office. What's your name and what did you do wrong? Uh, my name's Kay and I don't know what the back nine is. You're about to find out. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Margaret and I was drinking in class. <laughs> As usual. And like I said, I'm Bowen and this is PedPod, the pedagogy podcast. It's, it's not, not what, what you, you all right everyone welcome to episode three of the real the only pedagogy podcast on the internet tonight's episode well you can be listening to this any time of the day, but we're recording it at night because, Margaret, what is this episode? This is um, PedPod After Hours. And, and what it was, the fuck does that mean? It was really quite fortuitous because, like, as you guys know, we're in the time of COVID-19 and we've really been just hanging out by going on walks. But there's a storm outside right now, so we couldn't have gone on a walk. So it's very, it's very good that we're doing it during this time. Um, head pot after hours, just like we all let our hair down, just like a little more relaxed and just like loose, comfortable. Um, I have a bottle of wine. It's like a dry Spanish red. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is and it a teacher's wine? No, I I might open that one next. Depends. I I had this open. I didn't wanna. I didn't wanna yeah, like you two know. Two bottles just, open at once. That's like chaotic. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. Two after hours. <laughs> I think also it's like we're not in our we we don't have office hours anymore. Really. That's true. Yeah. So after it's after the office. Uh, yeah. Sure. In a, the book of hours, what is that? <laughs> That's something. That's something. Yeah. It's something, and Kay, you're drinking something. What is that? What is it? I am. Um, Dogfish Head 60-Minute IPA. Dogfish Head 60-Minute IPA. Thank you. That's one hour, <laughs> 60 minutes. We're still working on sponsors. Um, I contacted Squarespace and MailChimp, but we'll see what's what. I have a glass of water. So... Um, so this episode, like we said, we're going to hang loose. It's late at night. We're drinking. Things are going to get interesting. But as ever, we still have a structure and some topics to talk about on this Google Doc we came up with. And after last episode where we had all these neggy vibes, all these complaining, today we're going to try and keep it a little bit more positive, right? Last time we were pessimistic Polly. This time we're positive Paulina. So... What we want to start with is... Can I say something really quickly? Yeah, yeah. This is just a pedagogy tip. Um, so we were kind of saying how, like, because this is PedPod After Hours, it's, like, a little, like, more loose and chill. But basically, like, even when you're, like, running a class that is meant to be a more, like, loose and chill class... That still means you have to have a plan. So basically, we have the effect of being loose and chill, but we do still have a plan. And that is a really good lesson to translate into the classroom. Okay, you can keep going. No, yeah, yeah. Keep going. No, that's actually, you still need structure, but you can alter the tone of it. Students crave, crave structure. They crave structure, but you can make it less intimidating for them if you, you know, don't have an intimidating tone. I think you're right. But anyway, speaking of structure, we had our first week of class, and the first topic in this structure that we're going to talk about are success stories from this first week of class. Mm-hmm. So, okay, anything good happen with your class? Yeah, well, I'm kind of realizing that I th- I'm so, like, big surprise, plot twist, I might prefer teaching online to teaching in person. I feel a lot less anxious because 
I don't know. I don't like I would get super anxious about people looking at me, <laughs> like looking at my body. Like I don't want anyone to see my body. So to be a disembodied head on a screen is kind of ideal. Um, and yeah, so there, that was a that was a positive, posy success for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like in class, I don't know. It just everything just went better than I expected it to go. Mm-hmm. I think I have a good group of students. They seem like ready to learn, and like they they're like, I'm so excited for this class. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, you're lying to make me feel better because it's all about me, obviously, and not you being genuine about your own emotions. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, that is something that has been really surprising is getting an email from, some, from someone saying like, English is always my favorite course. I'm super excited for this class. Right. Which I'm thinking back to my freshman year, I was not at all excited for this like required gen ed comp class. Did you feel anything about it at all? The required comp class? Yeah. No, it was... It was busy work that we just had to get through to do our degree, you know. But I engendered some interesting conversations. Like, I remember there was one moment, there was this guy who somehow, like, we got into the topic of domestic abuse, and the guy was basically saying, like, I don't understand why women don't just leave abusive relationships. It's so simple. Oh, my God. And then, thank God. All of the women in the class like fucking dogpiled him on him. And they're like, what are you saying? And he just dug down on his position. I was like, it's so easy. And that was the most interesting happening. He studied astrophysics and his girlfriend had schizophrenia. I don't know what he's doing now. Hopefully not social work. So Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But I doubt it. He's probably making rockets or something, making way more than we do. But that was my first year comp experience. So again, I'm just very surprised. And you said you have a good group of students? Yeah, yeah. So I'm teaching at 9 a.m. I'm teaching synchronously via Zoom. And I think that the 9 a.m. students, they seem to be kind of like go-getters. Like they're they're up in the morning. They they they're like ready. They mm-hmm. want to be there. They want they're awake. I don't know. Um, I taught at ten a.m. last semester, and it was just a very different vibe, very different energy. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird how, how you can still kind of feel the students' vibes over Zoom and mm-hmm. where they are kind of emotionally. I guess because you're looking right at their faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but like generally a good vibe yeah yeah good vibes hey. <laughs> good vibes good vibes for you margaret monday Wednesday, Friday. yeah um, i'm no no i mean i felt i was like i'm very like self-critical so the very first day i was like oh like i did things in the wrong order and i feel like i was stupid and i thought i like talked too much but then um, we talked about like I did as an introductory thing our um, people's like favorite songs because I feel like that's just like I don't know it's like a good question I always have a lot of opinions about that and people shared them and they had stuff to say and I like questioned them a little bit about why they said things what mm. one girl said that she liked a song by Coldplay because it had like a lot of dimension. And I was like, what do you mean by dimension? Do you mean like the lyrics are very meaningful or do you mean the music? And then it was like a teaching moment because I was like, dimension is kind of a vague word, you know, when you really think about it because it's like, what are you referring to, you know? And so like, is, it, is it about the music? Is it about the lyrics? Like which one, right? It's so funny. I never would have thought Dimension would have referred to the lyrics. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what did she say about Dimensions? She said it was the music. Like the instrumentals? Yeah, the instrumental. Like there's a lot of different like layers, a lot of different like yeah, that's ups what and downs. That's kind of what I thought she meant. Or that's what I would have assumed that there's like space mm. and um, I don't know, that the music mm. creates a sense of space. Interesting. I, I don't know. I haven't listened to like a Coldplay song except. What for was the What was the song? Viva um, la vida. 
circa. I mean, that's the one from our middle school, high school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. It just came out. It's yeah, I'm amazed that these kids are still listening to Coldplay and still reading Harry Potter, which I got a lot. But in your in your you, es- people said that in their essays. Yeah, like my diagnostic essay, which is like um, when we went through the pedagogy training, like the first class, we're supposed to give them a diagnostic essay, which is basically just like write the way you normally write, uh, answer this prompt. And the one they usually give is really stupid. It's like they give you some weird sort of quote about like the meaning of reading and writing and like, ooh, what does this mean? But for my prompt, I just uh, just asked them like, what's your favorite book? And most, like, I've got, like, four or five people who said Harry Potter. Um, no one from, hung- no Hunger Games, but some other, like, dystopian YA novels. And then, like, people who's like, oh, I don't really read books, but uh, The Kite Runner, which we were assigned, or 1984, mm-hmm. or, or Brave New World or something, was their favorite. Uh, one girl said Jane Eyre, which uh, I found heartening, but, yeah, <laughs> cool I don't know. She's cool. cool girl. Yeah. She's no, like a like like cool hip girl, Victorian. Like Wuthering Heights. No, I don't like what sorry, I don't like Yeah. I, I I've tried to read Wuthering Heights like four times and I've never been able to get through it. And I did get through Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre's freaky. Yeah. It's I love like, Jane Eyre. It's like so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, I adore. Wait, did was it the was the other dystopian novel The Maze Runner? No one said that. that. Okay. No. Have you uglies? The oh my god! I watched. <laughs> yes, I read all of them. Oh the uglies, god. the pretties, the specials. Yes. <laughs> that was like yeah, about like a hierarchy in a I, in a society I, about beauty and. I remember the covers for those. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a girl's face. Half of a girl's. Yeah. Face. <laughs> it was like that basically. Yeah. <laughs> They were very striking. Um, well, it was just like world ranked by beauty, essentially. It was like, like a at a certain age, you like got a surgery that made you into a pretty, and then you like had access to this new world. But before you were ugly. Yeah, mm. I don't remember. And then they were all yeah. But then there was like a colony of people who refused to get the plastic surgery and they like lived outside of the society and aged as uglies which yeah so this is brave new world right <laughs> yeah i mean it's all just variations on that basically okay yeah yeah that also reminds me of the incel worldview like everyone's like biologically like uh on a zero to ten scale on sexual desirability and attractiveness and there's nothing you can do to change it short of facial reconstruction surgery essentially yeah it's basically like what i don't know why i'm talking about this but i swear this tangent will be a quick one i told myself we're gonna have less tangents but no this is interesting what they basically envision is sexual socialism where they're like oh you got to redistribute the goods which is to say attractive women in this heteronormative society and so like all the incels who like rate themselves as as like a one or a two like uh, then then the the tens the the ten women will like be somehow like i guess like forced to have sex with them yeah so fucked yeah exactly no, but the thing, the, the the most striking thing is that you look at pictures of incels self-identified, they're all just normal looking men, but it's just, anyway, so uglies, dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. I do feel like it's, it is, I feel like it's an honest, because like people talk about the sexual marketplace when they're talking about like Tinder or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just like taking that logic to its extreme. Okay, so there's our insult tangent. We, we may or may not leave this in, but yeah. <laughs> Uglies, not on the list, but a lot of dystopias, Jane Eyre. So I think that's my like posy vibe for yeah. my teaching is that, you know, my, my, our students are always interesting and have interesting tastes and perspectives, mm-hmm. but it was nice to be reminded of that even virtually but yeah totally do they have good music taste margaret um well one one guy said his favorite song was okay just for the record i said my favorite song which is like oh no the question wasn't what's your favorite song it's what what's a song that you find to be truly brilliant um 
And I said American Pie because I just like listened to that on my driving playlist because I just drove back to where we live from farther away. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I, I was just like very like, I know that song's been like known as being like very poetic, like it, people have written about that. But I was just amazed by how, like how many like leaps it makes and how many different sort of spaces it seems to inhabit. And it feels very clear musically. I mean, lyrically. Oh, dimensionally. In in terms of like the, in terms of like, it feels like it's sometimes very allegorical then other times it feels very like grittily real. And I think that's really cool how it seems like he's kind of ping ponging between all those different spaces. Um, But so I said, basically I'm saying this all, I said a nine and a half minute song or whatever. And then somebody else said a nine and a half minute song or whatever. And he said, sing about me, I'm dying of thirst by Kendrick Lamar, which is like that kind of like 12 minute song in Good Kid Mad City that like kind of bridges the first and second halves in a way. It's like the moment where they witness the murder of their friends. That's at least how I understand the narrative to work. And it's just like really, he talks about how it like embodied like multiple perspectives and how he took on Kendrick Lamar as the rapper took on voices of other people to like represent the different perspectives and like dialogue in the song. And I was just like, damn, like you're, that's like, it was just, he he like analyzed it very well. Like he had very good reasons to say why he liked that song and clearly was like noticing things about its form and structure which made me feel like, oh, cool. Maybe you'll like be a good discussion person when we talk about like paragraphs and imagery and syntax and all of that totally. type of stuff. So that was yeah. cool. That so like that. you have someone right off the bat who knows how to read text essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least can demonstrate those skills. Mm-hmm. I just looked it up. It's the one where he finds Jesus at the end, right? Um, yeah, I think I didn't read it. I mean, that's not how I necessarily like understood the song. I felt like it was more of force, but yeah, there's a religious aspect to it for sure. There's yeah. something about water, obviously. This right. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was when I still call myself Christian, whenever someone would ask me who my Christian artist would my favorite Christian artist was, I would say Kendrick Lamar as a way to be edgy and cool. But mm. alas. Yeah. Um, all right. So good discussion then, John. All right, cool. So, yeah. So we all got posy vibes. And we, even though we have these different modes of instruction, we're still getting positive experiences. But let's talk, how are you teaching your class? What's going on here? Because we got a whole lot of mixed messaging. But we can talk about that later. So, mm-hmm. Margaret, what's, what's your deal? What's going on here? Um, I'm teaching my class synchronously on Zoom. So that means... Um, at the same time every week I open up zoom and I invite my students and we're all you know our little squares are all there and we can talk to each other in real time just as we are doing right now Um, and I mean I think there's definitely a possibility I will occasionally do like asynchronous things when it's just like the activity I want to do like wouldn't work over zoom or i want them to do something that's like has to do with like observing or looking because i really like having students do stuff like that and that might not work on zoom really asynchronous meaning asynchronous means that like we don't meet on zoom all at once they might have to go complete an assignment and then submit proof of completing the assignment like on a digital learning platform basically Mm -hmm. um but I think mostly it'll be synchronously just because I don't really have to like, I don't like to have to like mess with all of that sort of just digital world of things. I just don't really like doing that though. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm teaching my class. And I mean, I'm basically, I didn't have to change that much about it. Like I have all the same assignments or like versions of the same assignments, um, like basically the same amount of work just cause I don't know. I think I'm actually, yeah, no, that's all. That's all I have to say. What about you? What did, how are you doing yours, Bowen? Um, what I'm doing is the opposite of you, which is everything is entirely asynchronous, which what that means is that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I post a video lecture, um, which doesn't record my face. I want to be clear. I explained it to you too. I'm recording my desktop where like I'll go on Microsoft Word and be like, all right, let's go through this assignment and I'll read through it. Like a That's usually tutorial. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I'm a I'm a seminar and comp uh, YouTuber, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, so I'm like a YouTuber and I have this lecture. It's like 10 minutes long. Um, and then like, there's like an accompanying activity, like, all right, do this by the end of the day and they submit it. And then the next day I'll like grade it. And so what this means is that like, like on Sunday I'll post the lecture for Monday and then on Tuesday I'll post the lecture for Wednesday. And that's how that works. And initially I got an email from a student who, this is a student who was like, hey, I'm really excited for this course. And she was saying like, oh, I was wondering, uh, will we ever be able to like meet over Zoom and have something? And I was like, no, no, I did. The, the whole point of doing this is so that I wouldn't have to see you or talk to you, okay? And like, I, I had this whole thing to her. It's easier, it's you easier. You don't have to wake up at 9 a.m., which is, I did not say to her, I said it in a very diplomatic way, but my, my thought process and what I expressed diplomatically was, you don't want to wake up at nine, maybe you do, I don't. And so you can just watch this and then do it on your own time and you don't have to go in person. I'm not walking 40 minutes to campus and 40 minutes back because I'm not taking the bus. And also it's so much easier in terms of instruction because like the standard syllabus that we received from our superiors essentially wants us to do three modes of instruction. So asynchronous remote, which is what I'm doing, synchronous remote, which is what you two are doing, and also hybrid in-person remote. So uh, this, is, this is unnecessarily complicated and stupid because it is what it is. But like, if you do hybrid, that means by default, you have to do the other two modes. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Kind of. So I could talk about how I'm teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Somewhere between you two, where. Yeah. Um, I'm. I guess I'm kind of like, quote unquote, following the rules, um, in that. So okay, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just talk about what I'm doing. Okay, so the class is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, nine a.m., and I'm teaching synchronously, via Zoom, like Margaret. Um, in my syllabus, originally, I'd written that come to class Monday, Wednesday, I'll t like attendance on Friday in the Zoom class is optional, but there will be like a prompt or something on the discussion board via Canvas, which is the like online learning atmosphere, I guess. Which Margaret <laughs> doesn't want to fuck with, right? Yeah. Um, and... So, yeah, all well and good until, you know, the day before classes start, we get this email um, saying, or I don't know, outlining the necessity of the like three postures or whatever, three models. And part of it is that you can't make attendance, you can't make synchronous attendance mandatory for anyone which like in one way makes sense because it's like, okay, well, if you get sick, then you can't come to class, but that's kind of the case anyway. I think it's to, more to account for like the fact that they don't have the technological, I don't know, they don't have like enough Wi-Fi for everyone, like anyone who's Zooming from the uh -huh. dorms. Okay, that's an interesting. having like kind of shitty connection issues. So mm. I think it's more about that than anything else. That and like people are in different time zones if they didn't come to, to you know, the university physically. Right. Um, so I guess I kind of amended it to where like, yeah, like, please, really, please, please come to class Monday and Wednesday. And like, I encourage you to come on Friday still. Um, but it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I guess I was, I'm just talking about the, the model I'm going with, which is like primarily teaching via Zoom. But I think I am really using Canvas a lot, it, but just sort of to reiterate things that already happen. So like if, I'm, if I give a prompt, I'll just like put it in the discussion board. And like right. I think the thing that is, has changed most that I don't know if I would have gone this route if I were still teaching in person, but I'm glad that I did is that I'm doing contract grading rather than giving like standard letter grades or number grades throughout the semester. Can you talk about that? I don't know. I never asked you what is contract grading. Right. So um, 
the way I'm doing it, basically, I outline in, in this really dense document that um, basically everything they have to do throughout the semester in order to get a B for the class. And so if they agree to do those things, um, then they'll get a B. And they don't need to worry about individual grades on individual assignments so long as they've completed them to the best of their ability. And um, then there are like a few extra things that they can do to raise their grade from say a B to a B plus, B plus to A minus, A minus to A. Um, so it's just like really clearly outlined the expectations and the requirements to just kind of like do the class. That, that also seems less work for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I started grading their first round of papers, which I read to, which were interesting too, but um, mm. I don't think it will be less work as far as grading, but I won't have that need to like justify the comments I'm making. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So you know how mm -hmm. like sometimes like you give a mini rubric or something and they hit all of those things and they've technically gotten an A based on what you said, but the work wasn't actually good. Mm -hmm. Or like they could have gone way more in depth or whatever. Um, and then it feels weird giving them an A because it's like not actually A-level work. Yeah. Um, I'd kind of wanted to avoid that feeling and just try to make grading suck less for me. And, I've, and like so far I feel like way more able to just be honest in my feedback and not be afraid of like hurting someone's feelings, which like I'm still giving, you know, my, I think my comments are still like compassionate or whatever, but just like I'm not worried about someone contesting their grade. That is that is really smart because I know exactly what you're talking about and like I have the rubric you follow I follow it and like yeah I mean like by this chart that I pulled out of my ass you got an A but right this really isn't very but it's good, not good. But, yeah but then I just err on the side of like all right I don't want you to get mad at me and like somehow go over my head you know right. to like fucking take the A. That's right. so interesting because I'm sorry. I just want to say, like, if I didn't, I like sort of use rubrics. I like give four categories and assign a certain number of points for each category. But then, like, because rubrics are already bullshit and they're just a way to protect the teacher. Yeah, like I mean, that's a that's what a no you're saying is like what my version of a rubric was too. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I got it from you because I saw you do it that way, and I was like, oh, that's like slightly more like real than just giving them a letter <laughs> grade. So I'm gonna do that. Um, but. I would just like make the grade lower. I would just make part of the grade lower. Like, oh, you get a two out of four on the topic sentence, not a three out of four, because this cannot be an A paper. I know that's like really. Yes, I, exactly. I yes, just, I'll just, I'll just move things. I, I will. I, and I, I mean, I just know this from like, I don't know. I've like talked to my, my brother and my, my mom, my brother is a t teacher. My mom was a teacher. That's very common to just like, regrade redo something so it's like where it it should be at. i know that sounds really like shitty but it's also yeah. like it's just like the the rubric is just a way to like make it seem like there's some sort of like um concrete and objective form of grading a which, piece of writing yeah. and there is not which does yeah which doesn't exist yeah and i think that's why i gravitated toward this model which yeah i adapted from a professor, a Sao Inu, who mm -hmm. wrote one of our, an article that we had to read last semester. Allegedly had to read. Seminar in pedagogy. Right. <laughs> it was just a coincidence, honestly. You should email them. Oh my God. The profs. Be like, I got a lot out of this. Yeah. May honestly, maybe they would respond. I don't know. Yeah. But I sucked up to them like all the time. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I did the opposite of sucking up, but yeah. no, Margaret, I do remember you talking about like you read it first and you're like, okay, this is a B plus paper. And then you reverse engineered the rubric, right? Yeah. I've Make done, it. I've done stuff like that. Or just like, it's, it's just like, I mean, and I said this to my students, I'm like, it's abundantly, abundantly clear to me if you don't spend a lot of time on your writing yeah. and, mm -hmm. and it's about, if it, it, like, it's just flat, it just falls flat. Like, you're not going to just, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. It's just like. So when I got those papers this time, instead of just giving them a lower grade and like moving on, Mm -hmm. I just like marked it as in progress. And I was like, okay, so here's here. um, So you're going to revise this for your midterm portfolio. Mm. And you'll look at it again from a different perspective. You know, it just yeah. Do you give feed? Do you like give them like three like like comments about like how they could revise it, or is that something yes. you like? Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're like okay, like here, here, and here. These are things that you need to. I mean, it depends on the paper, but I totally. think usually yeah. I give them a note. I I tell them like what like the sentence that had the most like heat for me that I found the most interesting or like would be generative if you go back to it. And I'm like, okay, make that your first sentence and write from there. That's my, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I did. No, that's what I did for my, my final last semester. I had them choose their best sentence out of everything that they wrote and create something totally new. Mm-hmm. And that's from that's I know that's something Toni Morrison did when she taught, at creative writing at Princeton because my mom knew somebody who knew her who did that and she told the story and then I recorded my mom me interviewing my mom about that and I gave it to my students as their final assignment the recording this fun with the recording of your mom yeah talking about it and I call and in my rubric I call it the Toni Morrison style final revision and maybe that's like inaccurately attributed but I'm also just like Wait, so you you recorded you talking to your mom about the Toni Morrison style of revision, and then you gave your record this recording of your mom and you to your students. Yeah, I put it on like I I it was like I was me just being like, hey, so so can you talk about what this is? Yeah. What what were they like? How did they respond? I don't know. It was all over Zoom. It was was post COVID. I don't care. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just let it all hang. I I don't care what my, my students think of me. I think I really. I think this is the first time I don't care about my students. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think really debilitating. Mm -hmm. Was was that also part of the physical discomfort of being a butt? Yeah. Yeah. How did you get over that? Do you think? Um. I don't know. Maybe I'm not over it. I think I'm a little more over it because of that disembodiment and that separation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Margaret, you understand you're a highly sensitive person. I'm, I think, also a highly sensitive person. <laughs> well, are you saying that Bowen isn't a highly sensitive person? I, saying, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> Bowen, are you a highly sensitive person? Um, I think more, more than I think I am. I think um, having... <laughs> <laughs> that totally makes sense to me. <laughs> Listeners, you should have seen the fucking look in my but um, I think I, I think like having spent a lot of years building up defense mechanisms of like trying to be stoic and non-reactive really just meant like inside I never developed um, self-confidence and like mm-hmm. a strong sense of self. And so then now that I'm trying to work on bringing down those defense mechanisms, I do find there's still a lot of, I guess... Because I think being sensitive is a good thing. But I think when I say sensitive, I basically think meaning thin skin in the negative connotation, right? Mm -hmm. I do think, like, speaking metaphorically, I did make this shell, but inside the skin was still very thin. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Anyway, but, like, regarding what my students think of me, uh, I I think I got over that relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. I think because... I think unlike you two, I also very quickly got into the mindset of who gives a shit. And then like, I just, it just like, cause I was talking to um, someone who's a year above us and I was saying like, yeah, the crucial thing is to not care. And she is like, wow, you learned that really quickly, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. It takes a while I, sometimes to. Yeah. I know. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> I'm a, such a slow learner. I'm the slowest learner in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I know you've talked about this before. Yeah. Like it takes you a while, and then there's like, there's the crystallization, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think these are all things that come back in the first week of teaching. You kind of like mm-hmm. consider yourself at, at, again as a teacher from mm-hmm. the perspective of the students. 
and you're kind mm-hmm. of like reseeing yourself and you're like, okay, it's a new opportunity to like be a different kind of teacher or like yeah. be more true to the kind of teacher you want to be. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I think like I talked about this before also, but um, so much of me for being a better teacher is just been like not like hiding my perspectives about writing or like yeah. teaching the class I think yeah. that our university yes. wants us to teach. <laughs> um, and, um, and just like teaching it and following my instincts as a writer. And I feel like I gave them like a kind of like kooky, like multi-step writing exercise on Friday that in retrospect I look back I and I sort of knew this before I didn't have really enough quite enough time to execute it as well this is the gem and the brilliance thing right yeah it was about brilliance and I had the etymology of we can put this in the I can put it in the show notes it was when you explained it to me it was interesting but Yeah. yeah it was like about it was sort of about like compressing time and space to prepare them for writing a narrative piece because I think so often students are like feel like they have to report what happened on the day and they can't like elaborate on anything or they can't kind of like crush two moments together for the sake of the story. And I'm just trying to like teach them that they can do that. So this exercise was sort of the process of merging what's in front of them. Like there's a wine bottle over there and I have a little glass box over there. Like those are two things that are in front of me, right? And then also merging that with like the sort of story of what their song was about and like bringing that object into the past somehow, if it be like in using figurative language or like what, what else? Like, I think I did something about like, I had a scissors as one of the things in front of me. Cause I like did the exercise before assigning it basically and show them as models, but yeah. And then I was like, oh, a scissors could be like used as a metaphor for something. But it was in a way compressing the present to this past moment when I heard American Pie for the first time. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This is what it's all about. Yeah. (laughs) What what sort of responses did you get? I didn't have, I didn't really have quite enough time to like have people share Oh, right. Only one person went. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of had to rush it because I had to spend all this time talking about like the syllabus and like the different assignments or I felt like I should do that. So I did because I kind of wanted to, that's another good ped tip. You want to like anticipate those types of things because you don't want to get a lot of emails from students asking kind of dumb questions and then you waste time responding to emails. Not good. What I did was post a question uh, in like a discussion board post, a questions thread. So it's like, if you have a question. Oh, that's smart. That's really smart. Yeah. And then Mm. I or one of your classmates can answer it and it'll be a repository of information. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. Something that, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go. Uh, Something that it's not um, identical to what you did, but like after I got this email from the girl who was super gung-ho about this gen ed class, and like, cause like, oh, we, we need to get into this. Cause I was afraid of the experience you had, Kay, when a student went over your head, which. <laughs> Should I talk about that? Yes, yes. Okay. So basically I was trying to, so our summer got cut short because the semester is ending early before Thanksgiving, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, summer's over. I'm trying to have the most summer I can, as should mm-hmm. we all, including mm-hmm. you know, these students. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't email my students with like Zoom links or any information, basically nothing until the day before classes, um, when, which, you know, was according to my plan. Uh, on noon at that day, I got an email from two students um, asking, you know, like, hey, what are the Zoom links? I was like, don't worry, I'm going to send the class an email with a lot of information, <laughs> including the Zoom links this afternoon. As a side note, these 9 a.m.ers, go-getters. Yes, yes. This is the, the neggy, neggy side of the go-getting. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> Every posse has a neggy. Um, so one sure. of these students, um, you know, both of them replied and were like, cool, thanks. Um, so I posted, you know, big email with all the information to Canvas, our learning environment, online learning situation. Learning management system. I, I don't know. Sorry. I like, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, LMS? LMS? LMS. Let me look it up. And uh, in the old learning management system we used to use, you could just click a little box and it would send your announcement out as an email to all of the members of the class. Beautiful. Yeah. Easy. I, I did love that feature. Yes. <laughs> Which technically in Canvas, you're going to get into it, but like the notification settings, right? Right, 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 right. So Canvas does not do that, but I foolishly assumed that it did just automatically. Um, so I, you know, posted that at like, I believe 1.51 p.m. It may have mm -hmm. been 2.51 p.m. Either way, mm -hmm. a few hours later. And then at like 5 p.m., I get literally like four emails, three or four emails from administrators saying, like <laughs> freaking out about this student who apparently emailed them after, after, you know, having already contacted me and heard from me and responding to me mm -hmm. um, that I hadn't posted the th that I hadn't sent this email. Um, and so I had to email all of these people back and I just said like, dear name of administrator and name of student. <laughs> CC. <laughs> CC. No, I, I think I directly. Oh no shit. CC. Yeah, no, no. I directly addressed it to both of them. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I posted this a few hours in Canvas. Um, do they not get sent out as an email? I guess. Da, da, da. But you know, it just became this whole thing. I just couldn't believe that instead of emailing me again to say like, hey, um, I didn't get this. Or, you know, the polite thing to do would be like, oh, maybe my, you know, email isn't working or something. Um, sure. I haven't received this. Was wondering if you could send it to me directly. Mm -hmm. She like went to administration to like basically the equivalent of like our boss and our boss's boss. <laughs> I, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about this later in the break, but like are these people we know or are they so high up that we don't know them? Um we kind of know one of them. Okay. A anyway. One of them has like come in to like present to our class one day. Sure. Yeah. About, yeah, whatever. Um but yeah I just couldn't I was like wigging out. I I just like couldn't believe it. I was like, oh God, am I you know, in trouble? Am I scared? <laughs> like <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did the thing. I just like, it was just a frustrating situation and was like very filled with doom. Um, but then it wasn't. And, you know, yeah, she was perfectly nice. And I think, I think so something I want to like say about that and just not anymore in general, like, and we talked about this after it all sort of like straightened out eventually, but it was probably like coming from a place of just like anxiety about the semester and the fact that this is not how college should be and it's not how they imagine college to be. And I feel like so much of what I ex I've experienced with my students this week is like a sense of like relief at some semblance of normalcy, like some structure of the class that they like really appreciate. But then like also just like, so, so so much like nervousness and like just a lot, I don't know. Yeah. I perceived a lot of like pain in a way in my students' like faces just because like, I don't know, they just like seem like, I, I just feel so bad for them. And that's like one of the first things I told them. I, I mean, I didn't say, I feel so bad for you. I said, I'm so sorry that you, that you have to start college this way. Um, it's not right. Um, but I don't know. I just, I feel like it's, it makes sense that what this student did was probably like coming from a place of like fear or the fact they that they like, were wigging out too. Like what they, they yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's just like, because like, it's sort of like, okay, so we all pictured college, you go to class, you're walking across campus, you're like talking to people, you have coffee, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then that, that image was shattered because of COVID and then the new image is, oh, we're all in our little boxes on Zoom, maybe. Right. At least that was sort of how I was trying to envision it because, like, I didn't know either, right? Um, and then, like, it's almost like the person was like, oh, like, 
we're not even doing that or something like that's not going to happen. So it was like another like shattered image of like what she had just sort of like put together from the pieces of like the broken first image. Right. I don't know why I just like, wanted just so much depth about that. Sorry. I just, no, but, no, totally. as a, as a side like, note, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it was just like, you know, I referred to like zoom links and like she knew there was going to be a zoom class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I totally, yeah, underst- yeah. I totally understand though. And I understand yeah. that some people would not be comfortable getting the info about their class, like just one day before. But mm-hmm. my thing is like, I want all of them to have as much summer and ha- have as much like time to yeah. not have to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like, cool. I feel like I, I, for, for the classes I'm taking, I was really peeved when I got info about the class, like literally the day before. So, really? Yeah, no, I would have, I can still have summer. <laughs> Go on Reddit, ask. But I, I think you can still have summer while like in the back of your mind, like, oh, I got this email. My class will be like this. Yeah, but I, I can't have summer if I'm writing it. <laughs> that's true. That's really true, Kay. That's Let's think about your needs. completely selfish. <laughs> it's fine. But, um... I think concerning Margaret, like, the, the thing I wanted to say is, like, oh, I had the romantic notion of camp, of college. You're on the quad. You're throwing the Frisbees. Shattered. <laughs> All right. Version number two. You're in your little Zoom box. Wait, you're not even going to do that. Shattered. Okay, you did not do that. But that is what I did to my students, is, like, yes. I double shattered them, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Which... I deliberately did because I sent out an email very early. Yes. I think maybe it wasn't, it was almost two weeks before class began. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to have a syllabus real soon. But the deal is, uh, what I said is that, oh, Margaret's breaking out the teacher teacher wine. 2017. (laughs) Which to explain to you, listener, it is literally a wine called the teacher. The teacher. Yes. But does it require a a bottle opener? Yeah, okay. <laughs> For whatever reason, Margaret has muted herself. <laughs> because you always are like you always are saying like Oh, like you make so much noise when you're like walking around. So I like, muted myself and I'm like changing position. All right. I like the okay. ambient noise. Okay, I don't know. I'll keep I, it. I, I don't All right, know. Yeah. go and continue. <laughs> oh, clunk, clunk, I, clunk. I just, okay. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought <laughs> it would be, um, I just thought it was weird that we had to narrate what you were doing for an audience who's only has the audio of this. I don't know why you started narrating it. You didn't have to. Well, you were like, God, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut all of this out. <laughs> No, Bone, finish what you're saying. (laughs) Shattered. Third version. Okay. No, I... Ah, so yeah. I I sent out an email early on, like, hey guys, it's going to be mostly remote and asynchronous. And I said mostly because I know the university owns all our emails, and I just wanted to be able to cover my ass of like, ah, see? I said mostly, not entirely. Mm-hmm. It's still some other component when in reality it's just going to be video lectures and class activity. Mm-hmm. But then I got this email from the student, which I already described, who was basically saying, like, is it really just video lectures and class activities? And then I was like, yes. Okay, guys, <laughs> let me be real with you. It is just this. And so now I have in this podcast and in the in my university email, a record of me very explicitly doing something they said we very explicitly could not do, which is have it fully remote asynchronous. Mm-hmm. But fucking, I was talking to our friend Grace about this, and she was saying like, um, I don't know, like it was basically like the university didn't give us this flexibility to do what we wanted to do as teachers. The whole point of this hybrid, flexible instructional model is so like, oh, it's flexible for everyone. But in reality, we're kind of locked into like having to do more work than we're paid to do. And I'm just like, I'm not going to do more work. You don't pay me enough. So I'm just doing this one thing. But I don't know. 
what you were saying also, Margaret, about like, oh, the college experience is like going to all these student orgs, going to parties. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. But I, I feel like with the university bringing most of the people back, like they they still wanted to sell you on that vision of normal college, right? Yeah. Which is so the cool. whole, which is like part of their whole financial the model of like the delusion. Exactly. Like we're, you're still going to pay full tuition and we're still going to give you some semblance of the full college experience. Mm-hmm. But then... Maybe we could transition into complaining now. I don't know, but wait, I have a qu- then, I, I yeah, have a yeah. question. Um, this is just this is like, um, so what are so like just out of curiosity, like what are you gonna do for your like videos this week? I'm I'm just curious. I'm because I, I wouldn't know how to structure that at all, and I'm curious yeah. about I'm curious about what you would do, what you're well, going to do. The thing. The part another reason why I did this is that this is what I did last semester. I recorded. When we post post COVID, yeah. Post COVID, yeah. I just did video lectures, so I already have a bunch of material that I'm not just going to repost, but I'm just oh. going to do the same activity. I'm not gonna because <laughs> I make reference to specific dates. Unless oh, okay. I'd be like, "Hello, every- hello, everyone. Today is August." <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but like, for example, I'm looking on my syllabus now. Like, they're working on their personal narrative, and so one of the first things I did was that how do you structure a story? And so then there's a little YouTube video of like, um, you know, like Dan Harmon. I think, hey, you know what I'm talking about. Dan Harmon, the creative community in Rick and Morty. The circle. The story circle, yeah. yeah. Which is a very simple way of introducing how to structure a story. And so I'll play that video. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to apply it to the reading you all read. Uh, I'm going to apply to an example essay that someone wrote last semester. And now for activity, do this on your own. Apply it to some sort of like movie or TV show or book that you like. And then try and, then and did, have it in mind when you're writing. Do they have to like, do they have to like represent that process of applying it to another movie or book like on canvas? To like yeah, panel? they just make a canvas post. Yeah. Okay. So like, they, so like, let's say like they chose like the Hunger Games, they would apply the like principles of the circle story in an analysis of Hunger Games that they would write onto canvas. Yeah. They would have like, what, what that's very rigorous. They would have a numbered list of like step one, step two. Is that rigorous? I don't know. That seems appropriate. It seems okay. good. I don't know. I don't know. But like, yeah, I, I already have all these things of like how to structure a paragraph. Like, oh, I already found a YouTube video last semester where you do that. And I already came up with an activity. That's so, so funny. I, I guess it's just like our, our teaching styles are so different because I wouldn't know how to begin to say like, this is how you structure a paragraph because I don't know any like rule for that. I didn't know either until I like YouTubed how to structure a paragraph and then found something. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm thinking like, what is the advantage of taking this class over just watching YouTube videos of all this shit? Because you, because you, you have the force, you have it. to be forced to apply it. Yeah. It's, it's like for- you sure. force them to apply it. That's absolutely, that's, because you can watch like a million videos that are informational about anything, but if you don't ever practice it, you're not going to learn it. Yeah, there's the accountability. And also I assign them readings that I think are fun and they wouldn't have come across. Right. And I'm proud of my readings. I think they always like them. So, Yay! Wait, well, what, yeah, else, what other ones are but... you doing in the near future? What other readings are you doing? <laughs> Bowen? Hello? Hi. <laughs> oh, sorry. The internet is weird. Oh, okay. Hello? Hello? What readings are you doing? Hi. All right. Yeah. The fucking... I know, I know. I heard, I heard this question three times at this point. Sorry. The internet <laughs> isn't... <laughs> you fucking posted in the chat, too. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, I made them read... <laughs> Patreon subscribers will get the full video and see the fucking bullshit Kay doing in chat. But I made them read a piece called Girl Disrupted, which is funny because someone said Girl Interrupted, Interrupted was their favorite book. 
but it's oh, a, cool. You have cool students. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, they sound like they like hate themselves, sort of like how I did. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The artsy types. Like, mm-hmm. I had this this one student who was like, oh, I'm, uh, I write fiction on my own. I do Ooh. art projects. And like, she wrote this that. thing. <laughs> So that's one of the, was she the one who wrote about how a girl disrupted was your favorite book? I don't know, but. Interrupted. Interrupted, sorry. Girl Disrupted is the name of the New Yorker piece that I assigned them. And it's the one I emailed you, Margaret, about Mm -hmm. the woman in the tech industry. Mm -hmm. And so like my reading response for that, that activity was um, to imitate the author Anna Wiener's writing style, which is very like short staccato sentences where she accumulates a bunch of like Mm. really sharp details. And she really tried hard with her passage, which maybe I'll just read a little bit of it. I don't know how interesting it is, but. Just a quick note here, Uh, while editing this, I realized that if I wrote something that was really vulnerable and submitted it to a class and then my instructor read it out loud on a podcast, I would feel really embarrassed and ashamed almost. So I apologize for that. I cut this part out, but rest assured what she wrote was really good. I I literally thought it was fiction. It's, it's, I was, that's how, this is, she's the one. They're really like, good, yeah. Yeah, she's the one who's like, oh, I, like I was saying, I, I write fiction on my own, I do these art projects. Oh, so. yeah, 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 great. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think she's the one who will go far. And like, yeah. honestly, reading these kids' you should have her. You should have her, sorry, you should have her submit it to like, there's like contests every semester for like writing. Oh, yeah. you, should, you should email her about, I did one of my students, I told her to do it. So you, That's sorry. a good idea. You no, should definitely I'm gonna, tell them I'm gonna to do make that. a note of that right now. You should have her submit it elsewhere too, like out in the world. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Undergraduate. Why not? Writing contest. <gasps> but, <Wow>. no, yeah. <laughs> that was, Re- it was so, it was like the queer yearning in it was amazing. Yeah. It was so relatable, yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And um, reading this and like reading their other work, I was like, I, maybe I should have had Zoom meetings. Maybe I should have actually talked to them and gotten to know them as humans. But I was like, ah, it's too late for that. I'm committed. And also it's much less work for me, but. You could do it like once a week. No, 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 I'm committed. It's too late. I already sent you them an email. Office hours? I No, I said like, email me if you ever want to talk to me via Zoom, so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm committed. What I said to them is that I'm committed to responding as quickly as possible because Mm. everything's so subject to change so quickly. But I was always also thinking, like, could could it actually be, like, actually, like, more intimate this way in kind of, like, a weird way? I don't know. Because there's the anonymity. (sighs) It's like you guys are writing letters to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. It's sort Maybe. of like that because you like it's like a pen pal. You guys are like you're like pen pals with your students. Yeah, for whatever. Yeah, she. Yeah, she. Ev- evidently, I was thinking, like, is this a generational thing? Like everyone's very oversherry. I don't know. But, I don't think so. No, I don't know. I, <laughs> she's just Maybe. talented. She's yeah. like able to unspool herself in her writing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I was. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I just think that cultivating a community in the classroom where you're able to be vulnerable with each other is really important. And like the fact that she was able to be that vulnerable is amazing. And I try to like do that. I mean, semi, it's not artificial. I I just try to like cultivate it because (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It's, I think I'm trying to be more vulnerable as a teacher. Bell hooks. Yeah. And be true to who I am as a person um, in my teaching. Yeah. I feel like that's, like, very much, like, third semester of teaching vibes. Like, trying to, like, really, like, be yourself. Because you're totally – it's just, like, all, like, imposter syndrome, sort of. Like, we've talked about this, but, like, I think we all had, like, major imposter syndrome for different reasons for, like – 
trying to like embody what like a teacher should be or like what a grad student should be and it's just like all of it is valid yeah. <laughs> should we wrap it up it is wait do we need to should we wrap up the episode or should we take a break and come back or should we just wrap it up what do you think i think i want to i kind of want to go um, okay yeah because it's all right late. well yeah this has been a good app. I yeah, feel like yeah. time has really flown. Like I was like, do we start at ten or nine? We started at nine. Yeah. It's ten forty one. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Head pod after hours. <laughs> yeah. Head pod F three. But yeah. uh yeah, let me Bone, do you I want to still hang out on Google Hang? Do you want to hang out? Yeah. Yeah, sure, out? sure. Okay. But hand oh sorry, I'm getting Surely, yeah, hey, hey, right, so, <laughs> things are okay? Oh, no, 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 don't worry, I still have these two fucking kids in my office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, let me just deal with them, I'll come back. Uh, I sentenced both of you to detention, but I forget your names. What's yours again? The one who doesn't know the back nine. I'm Margaret. Oh, and I'm Kay. <laughs> and I'm Bowen. This has been episode three of Ted Pod, the pedagogy podcast. It's, it's not. not what you think it